Hi. Hello. Hi. We're back. I don't even have like a theme song to play right now like I normally do. It's like a little transition because first of all, hey, hi, it's Tori. If you're not familiar, what the hell? I'm just kidding. But I am the host of this podcast, the podcast formerly known as It's Not That Weird, but shocker, not anymore. Um, the name part, I mean, obviously, I'm still hosting it. To put it simply, <laughs> I was kind of politely approached by someone later last year due to um, a naming discrepancy, I guess. Uh, in all honesty, it just like it wasn't worth the fight. I wasn't really given an option anyway, but um, that's okay. At first, I was like really kind of devastated. And then I was like, you know what? No, this is an opportunity. And I'm gonna, I don't know, make it bigger and better. And life goes on. I got this. But then, um, Life got really fucking weird. <laughs> Honestly, it's not really funny, but I don't know. Things got heavy. And like to try to explain it in the most succinct way possible, like the whole hiatus, the podcast just wasn't a priority. There was like real tangible kind of dark things happening one after the other. And I know I'm going to get to a point where I'm ready to kind of talk about it all. But when you're going through like heavy things and then you're asking people to come onto a podcast and share their heavy things and be vulnerable so that other people can find encouragement, but then like you feel like you can't even talk about what you're going through. I don't know. I was just total transparency. I was really lost. I felt like a hypocrite and I don't know. I just I needed the break and that's that's it. But here I am. We are back. I am so much better than I was even before that little uh, breakdown I had a couple months ago, but I'm doing well. And what's more, I'm so so ready to be back. I have missed this podcast so much and I am so grateful because even in my little break where people have of course inquired and been like, what's going on? Almost everybody has been extremely supportive, very understanding. And what's more, what blows my mind is that the numbers are doing great. So if you have continued listening over the past few months, if you just started listening or maybe you're re-listening, I just really, really, really appreciate it. Like in my absolute lowest moment, something that brought me some comfort was like, it's kind of sustaining itself. Like, I don't have to talk about it. I don't have to do anything. And people are still listening. And that's like, that's beyond special to me. So whether you know it or not, it has very much helped me over the past couple months. And great news, only more podcasts to come. So before we get to our big major interview here, let me tell you uh, what the deal going forward is going to be. The plan for the pod, if you will. Um, as of right now, the podcast has no name. After I was told I had to rename the podcast, it's like all of my creativity just shriveled up. I have been struggling and driving myself absolutely nuts trying to rename it. So after no joke, probably at least a month of like panicking over this, someone very near and dear said, hey, have you ever thought of just like not giving it a name? And, you know, people care about the content, not the name. And once the ball gets rolling, maybe the name will come to you. So honestly, that's exactly what I'm doing. What I knew is that I was not going to put something out that didn't feel right or something that I didn't believe in. So for now, we have no name. I'm always open to hearing ideas, uh, especially if you've been listening for a while and you get the gist. But yeah, other than the name, nothing is really changing. I'm still going to be interviewing awesome people. Um, still going to be playing local music. And of course, we are going to keep talking about all of the things that make us feel weird or ashamed or embarrassed because obviously it betters ourselves, betters the world. And that's it. Okay, cool. As for this episode, um, I'm pretty proud because I actually, I finally did something that I've honestly wanted to do for a long time. Instead of a one-on-one um, -on -one interview with a guest like I have done for the past 20 episodes, I decided to invite six wonderful people into the studio to do mini interviews. I called it um, group therapy, but everybody had their own subject. I actually had them fill out a questionnaire ahead of time so we could narrow it down to one topic, make sure everybody got some time, 
and all except one of the people here, um, they had never been on the podcast before. So I'm excited to introduce them to you for the first time. They will also 100% be back for full-length episodes in the future. I don't know. I loved doing it. It was very full circle, very fulfilling, and uh, I'm excited. We will be back to our full-length one-on-one interviews for the next episode. But right now, for episode 21, the returning episode, please help me welcome my six guests. Meet Mackenzie, Batsy, Nuseba, Bianca, Jenna, and Anna. I left my front door wide open for 48 hours. I spent way too much on one glass of wine. So, hi everybody. Hi. hi. <laughs> this is so weird. It's weird for me because I've never interviewed more than one person at a time like this. The podcast is very one-on-one, straightforward kind of thing. So this is a little strange for me, but I uh, I don't think I can have a better group with me to get this going. I'm very happy to have you all here. We're happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So our first uh, guest here, Miss Mackenzie. Everybody say hi, Mackenzie. Hi, everyone. Okay, so, um, of course, I asked everybody to give me a little bit of information ahead of time of something we could specifically talk about. And uh, Mackenzie and I (laughs) recently have a bonded because (laughs) Mackenzie just got out of a very long relationship, like a seven-year-long relationship. Seven years. Yeah, and you guys broke up when? Uh, Just before Christmas. (laughs) And you guys lived together. (laughs) Yes, owned a house, had two dogs. Yeah, yeah. So whole shebang. Is the whole shebang is a big shebang, and I also <laughs> know this man. I went to high school with him, and that's kind of how I know you by by knowing him a little bit. But um, that's a major step for you, and I think it's a major step for anybody who's been unhappy in a relationship and didn't want to leave because of so many reasons. So I guess tell us a little bit about, and you don't have to slander the man if you don't want to. If you would like to, go ahead. <laughs> no, I could is, never. This is I know this is your chance. So if you want to talk a little bit about why. Now, what changed seven years, mm-hmm. the breakup, I guess? So, I guess the like, biggest part was anger. Mm-hmm. The man had anger issues. Mm-hmm. Short fuse, the slightest inconvenience would just yeah. set him off. So, it got to the point where, like, coming home from work, you're walking on eggshells. Like, how is this guy's mood going to be today? Yeah. Should I even say I'm home and mm. risk? Make your just, presence known. <laughs> yeah. yeah, should I just quietly come through the back door? Yeah. Um, so that was definitely the big one. I just got tired of asking the simplest question and having him just blow up on me. That was definitely a big one. I just, nope. It's not, <laughs> not, not, it's not for fair. me. <laughs> no, we've, we've talked about it a lot, like the idea of having your entire day and like your mood dictated by somebody else whose moods maybe aren't oh, yeah. stable all the time or, or you can't predict and you don't like have to walk on eggshells in your own house that you know it, it honestly like it makes you not even want to be in the house yeah I don't work weekends I'd often find myself being like oh I'm gonna go hang out at my parents house yeah. for yeah. 
the whole day. That's a common thing, I feel like. Like, looking for stuff to do that gets you away from your partner is probably yeah, a pretty good indicator. Like, technically, we both work at home, mm-hmm. but I work out of my parents' house because mm-hmm. that's where all of my, like, work files are. Mm-hmm. So having us both be in the house was just not, not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. I quickly got out of that situation. I was like, Dad, I'm going to start working at your house. It's just easier. Yeah, it's, that's tricky. And your parents, are they supportive of you guys breaking up? Or They were definitely in shock. Honestly, I think everyone was in shock. No, yeah, one, I was. no, one, saw, no one saw it coming. I yeah. think maybe like three people knew ahead of time that I was just so miserable Yeah, that I just had to get out, just didn't know when and how. Yeah. So my parents were definitely shocked. They had no idea what was happening. Mm-hmm. So they were supportive, but they were just kind of like, why? Yeah. Yeah, it felt sad. What happened? Why didn't you say anything? Yeah. So. Okay, so yeah, that specifically. So I don't want to say why didn't you say anything because there's a million reasons oh, why yeah. you stick around even when you're not there. But there's this whole like idea that women leave relationships before. Oh, yeah. I was ends, mentally right? out of this like six to eight months ago. Yeah. Six to eight months ago. It's so easy to just be like, all right, leave then. Like if you're not happy, but why Why didn't you? Why I you guess kind of I was hoping up? like if I kept saying like things he would clue in Mm -hmm. that okay obviously she's unhappy Mm. but even when I did make these like hints like hey you know like this would be nice or why don't why don't you do this it's just like it went in one ear and out the other so I finally just like you know what obviously he's just not gonna put in the effort where it needs to be and I just finally was like (laughs) (laughs) he's so girl scout gotta go but is it like when you told me that you guys broke up you seemed very at peace about it, like very calm about it. And this is why it's like, though, is that a lot of the time when you're out of a relationship mentally before you actually leave it, all of a sudden it feels like this huge weight. And I think that's oh telling. Oh my God, yeah. It's telling. Like, I have friends who they saw me for the first time since the breakup and they're like, you look completely different. Yeah. Like you walked in the room, and you just look glowing. Like mm. you looked so happy and like so fresh. Yeah. It's like a complete 180. And it made me think like, did I really look that miserable? <laughs> <laughs> the last like two years I don't even think it was it's miserable and again you and I have uh, kind of like gotten close within the past year or so mm-hmm. I would say but um there was definitely a difference like the one time we went and got lunch when you guys were still together you didn't talk about you guys all that much you know what I mean and then after you guys broke up you talked about Everything. you just seemed more yourself I guess and that, that's it that's that's usually pretty telling and after my ex and I broke up it's not again, and it's not to say like that he did anything wrong or anything like that. It was just you don't realize that you're holding on to something oh, and you're yeah. using all like, this energy until I it's done. Find, I used to be someone who going to bed at eight eight thirty like I had to do or I became so miserable. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I you're very consistent. It was like, hey guys, want to come over? But please leave by nine. Like, <laughs> if I'm not in bed before nine o'clock, yeah. like I. I cannot keep going. I become so miserable. Sure. And I'm finding myself like people message me like. 8 39 o'clock hey you want to meet for drinks i'm like yeah let's go <laughs> good yeah like, i Open have so much up. more energy and everything yeah. like i feel like i actually want to leave the house now and not just hermit and yeah hide in the house yeah lay so on the couch there was one other thing with this too um you talked about how you had told me about how he was really weird about weird i say weird but um standoffish about the idea of getting engaged even though you oh, guys yeah. were together you would for, avoid that subject like the plague which is very interesting. It's very, and you say we just got engaged, and they've been together for how long? Three years? Three years. Three years. <laughs> 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 it took you a second. Three oh, years. Yeah. Like, anytime it would get brought up, whether it was, like, his family, our friends, or anything, yeah. he'd just kind of, like, laugh it off, like, huh, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. one day. and Or, like, avoid the question completely, or mm-hmm. change the subject, or he's like, yeah, not going to happen. And it, 
yeah. I just honestly got to the point where I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's just not happening. I'll buy my own ring then <laughs> if that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But no, he, and even like when we broke up, his one question was, he goes, is it because of the ring? Oh. There's no ring? And I was like, no, <laughs> it's not. That's a good thing there wasn't, I guess, in the end. But Oh, yeah. yeah. And in my head, I'm thinking, please don't tell me you actually have one. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that? That would be a very kind of sad last ditch effort. If... Yeah. Like, that's a minority compared to everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It, that wouldn't fix everything anyway. But... No, definitely not. I, if anything, I would make it more complicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you should be very proud of yourself. It's I seven am. Seven years. I know. I mean, it, it's so sad, but I know so many people who are truly unhappy, but don't want to go through the process of it. Like even when when Austin and I broke up and he he knows this, we were both kind of out of it for definitely I would say like 2 weeks before we actually broke up and we were together for 3 years. So that 2 weeks it was it was a complicated time and like I was so upset, but then after we actually did the breaking up and we we just sat down and cried and talked about it and said like we both know this needs to happen and it was like the most mature loving breakup I've ever even heard of it was so sweet and and that's why we're still friends now but it was like it was like a respect thing it was like we lost an air of respect for each other and then this is like this is the one thing we can do to assure that we do have respect Mm -hmm. for each other because I don't I don't ever want to end up hating whoever I'm with and I feel like I've seen so many relationships I've been not part of them, but I've witnessed a lot of formative relationships where people did not stay together because they actually liked each other and enjoyed each other. And yeah, it's it's very complicated, but you should be very proud of yourself. I really, I really hope you are. Cause... I am, and I've had so many people tell me that, and it's like, yeah, I, I am. Like, it takes a lot of courage, too. Yeah, to Especially change. this long. Like, you have, like, a whole life together. A life, yeah. And everything is just so, like, um, what's the word? Like, familiar yeah, yeah that you're kind of just going with the motions of things and stepping back away from that like it's tough yeah like obviously it's not something I wanted to do but I knew if I wanted to be happy with my life <laughs> and where things are going yeah. like I had to change something yeah. so yeah. I did have to make that tough decision as much as I didn't want to good for you good for you it's only up from here and life's gonna Let's be let freaking hope so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no you did it you did a very mature great thing and I'm happy for you I think everybody's happy and that's it you killed it that was it that was it see that was 10 minutes just like that and uh yeah it was really that was perfect Patsy would you like to go next sure thank you very much thanks you're great okay so Patsy hi hi Miss Patsy hello (laughs) how are you excellent how are you I'm good I'm good so I I talk about you all the time. It's so funny because uh, how long have you been my hairstylist now? Like I'm really bad with this. I, I don't know. <laughs> I always I'm like oh what like three years and then we look back and it's like seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. I know it was at the old place. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we're not gonna say names. It was at the old place, yeah. your old salon that you were at for a long time. And I learned about you through like your Instagram mm-hmm. and just hearing people say good things about you. So you are so cool. Aww. Like, so cool. I think you, I mean, you cosplay. You saw the Spice Girls. I did. That's obviously the coolest shit ever. <laughs> you went to Europe, right, to see the yes. Spice Girls. Yeah. That's Wembley Stadium. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Anyway, so, um, yeah, as I said, I discovered you the way a lot of people do. And this is a question that I feel like you probably get a lot, or at least you think about a lot. How do you differentiate yourself in, like, an industry where there's so many people? There's a lot of hairstylists in this area alone. And I feel like what you do is very distinguished. It's very much yours. And, like, it's not what you necessarily see on, like, any kind of salons, Instagram or something like that. And I don't mean to shame anybody else. But I just feel like you've done a really, really good job at differentiating yourself and standing out, especially here. So, yeah, how, how, do you, how the fuck do you do that? <laughs> well, firstly, thank you. <laughs> Secondly, um, I don't know. I've never really tried to stand out. But I think 
the main thing based on what you're saying is I've had Instagram since it came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever mm-hmm. year that was, was it 2009, maybe before Something that? Like that yeah. <laughs> so if you scroll back far enough in my Instagram, you'll see pictures of me partying and yeah with different hair colors and my shaved side and I just never created a separate Instagram for business so yeah. I think that's a huge thing is a lot of times when a new client will sit down in my chair they're like so you cosplay and I'm like yeah I do <laughs> you clearly went on my Instagram yeah, yeah. so I think that aside from like seeing the hair that I do people also get to see my like nerdy side of things and like me going to different countries and going and doing different things so maybe that's what makes people want to sit in my chair aside from like the talent (laughs) it (laughs) is talent not to toot my own horn you have to toot your own horn you're so talented and and i mean not that i i want to say i've seen you grow but i mean what you're doing right now is obviously major with opening your own salon Thank you. but even I'm like remembering when I was first getting my hair done and I was always just do blonde right just like straight up bleach blonde yeah. all the time and the amount of things that you have the, the hair changes you have done on me yeah. let alone what I've seen you do to other people it's like that that's shows how talented you are and uh you're very authentic too you've never I feel like you were one of the most honest people I've ever met to be honest <laughs> if I think something will look like shit I'll tell you yeah, yeah but <laughs> also just like with everything even when um the pandemic hit and you were really struggling obviously mm-hmm the hair industry, the aesthetic industry was hit really hard. But I remember how much I appreciated you going on Instagram and talking about how hard this was and how you were really struggling and, and it was not easy on you mentally. And Yeah, that definitely wasn't easy for me to like come out with, but yeah. it showed that a lot of people care when I didn't think that anyone did. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So now you left the salon you were at now, but we could talk about that another time. Okay. <laughs> Why you left the old salon is a, an interesting story, but now you have your own business your own salon black swan and it's it's amazing and i'm so happy for you but owning a business is not easy you're very young you're a woman you got (laughs) you know challenges right there alone so how how are you doing it my two questions for you are how do you do it and how do you do it (laughs) that was it that's what i have for you so how is it going now how are you feeling What, what you got going on right now um i mean i will say i've been doing hair for probably we're in 2023, right? Yeah, yeah. So 13 years <laughs> now. And now I feel like I'm the happiest that I have been in my entire career. Yeah. I've worked at, now this will be my fourth salon. And a huge, huge part of it is having a partner that puts as much effort into things as you do. Yeah. So I feel like I'm very blessed to have met my work partner because yeah. she makes things very, very easy. Yeah, men. Yes, yes. Yeah, men. <laughs> Yeah. Um, a huge reason why I didn't want to open a salon for a very long time was because I the thought of the workload and doing yeah. paperwork and inventory and everything and hiring people was giving me anxiety and I didn't think that I could do it. But now that being able to be split in half takes a lot of the load off and now I just have fun. So Yeah, yeah. 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 I know you are definitely way more free and you have people who come, your clients will come and say like, I'm coming to you now. I had to leave when you were at the other salon because it just wasn't a good vibe, right? And, yes. And yeah. now it's obvious that you're... In your element. In vibing. Your element. Yes. <laughs> just, just vibing. Just vibing. She's not going to vibing. Yeah. So do you have, I know this is a loaded question. Excuse me, we're recording a podcast. Shut up. People are so loud in this area. Um, okay. Do you have advice that you could give, especially to a young woman who wants to open some kind of business or something like that? I would say if it doesn't scare you, then you shouldn't do it. Does that make That's sense? That's good. Yeah. Yes. That's good. Because <laughs> I was terrified for a very long time, but my partner had said, like, do the cons outweigh the good or does the good outweigh the cons? Like, based on where you're at right now, is this how you want to continue being unhappy? Yeah. I think that the risks that you're willing to take will end up paying off. And even yeah. if it doesn't, at least you took that risk. Right? Yeah. So, 100%. yeah. 
definitely don't settle yeah (laughs) you've told me this story before but you and min you decided that you guys were going to do this together just by like a quick instagram dm or something like that uh yeah kind of it all kind of like randomly fell into place so she was actually a client of mine to start Mm -hmm. she was referred by another client of mine i was doing her hair for a while and I think I had only done her hair once. The subject of me opening a place or her opening a place never came up. And then I was doing another mutual friend of hers. And I don't even remember how the conversation got brought up, but she was just saying like, oh, like Min was looking at this one place. It was called Lux. The salon used to be called Lux. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. Was she trying to open up her own place? I was like, I was looking at that same place, trying to keep my voice really quiet. I was like, I was looking at that exact same place. If she's looking to open, like, have her send me a message. Maybe we can, like, collab or, like, open up a place together. So, like, literally that night, she messaged me and she's like, hey, Bianca messaged me and said that you were looking at the same place that I was. Do you want to, like, go and meet and talk about stuff? I was like, yeah, tell me the date and time. Let's do it. So, yeah, I had done her hair once. And, like, the next time that I met her, we were already discussing business together. So it just kind of all flew yeah i feel like that's when it's meant to be like that it happens right like the universe sends those kind of people your way or you get that information at the perfect right time and i feel like that's such a testament to it so good for you plug it a little bit tell us where it is it is called black swan salon (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. on the corner of palette and wyandotte I actually don't know what the address is off by heart. I'm very sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, everything's on Instagram, blackswansalon.ca. That's mm-hmm. our website also. And yeah, we do hair and nails. Mm-hmm. Best of both worlds. Yeah. yeah. Come in, one-stop shop. Yeah. This yeah. is where I go. You know, this gray hair color I got. I have gotten so many fucking compliments within the past two weeks. Oh, awesome. Yeah, over my, it's like all of a sudden everybody's like, you have good hair. I'm like, I've never felt like I had good hair really like hair to like actually be complimented on until blonde, recently. I feel I like love, everyone loved the lavender I mean, that I did on oh, you, yeah, the yeah, that was great. That was great hair. But this but is the color for you, yeah, for sure. This is why my hair is the way it is and has been for so long. So we love Batsy. Thank, Thank you, you for everything you do and <laughs> congratulations. Appreciate You've had a great it. opening so far. How long has it been open now? Almost six months. February will be six months. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you for being here and uh, being an inspiration. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, Betsy. We love Betsy. <laughs> Great job. Yeah. Um, Miss Nusaiba, do you want to go next? <laughs> okay. Okay. Everybody. Is this good? Out. Yeah. No, this is It's perfect. like very in my face. <laughs> it looks like you're eating it from my <laughs> ankle. Oh, it's perfect. Okay. Actually. Okay. 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 Nusaiba. Hey. Yes, hello. Miss, Miss Hattie. <clears throat> Miss Hattie. Hattie. So for the first three years of our friendship, I called you Nasaba. <laughs> you know, I never new. noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I've, I've corrected myself. So we always say old Saba, new Saba. This is or Wasabi. Saba. Or Wasabi. My mom calls her Wasabi. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so isn't it so fucking crazy? that So we've been friends for... Over five years now, five I think. to six years for sure. And it started here. Yep. Yes. We started, job started first day, yeah. got hired at the same time. Yes, we did. We were hired with a batch of people. And um, I remember we had, we like, I remember hitting it off immediately. Everybody loves you, by the way. You were one of those oh my people. God. You make everybody feel so at ease. <laughs> Stop. Okay. So yeah, five, six years and we've been friends now. So we're going to talk about something that like honestly we don't really talk about all that much I at least you and I don't talk about all that Mm -hmm. much and that is your upbringing because you're Arabic you're Palestinian correct am I yeah (laughs) I was about to be like shit am I wrong because that's what I've been telling people my friend is Palestinian (laughs) I am I don't have a lot of Arab friends (laughs) I'm looking for more you are you're Palestinian Oh, that's what I, I knew it was. Okay. No way. <laughs> I have a new friend now. There's like not a lot of us yeah. here. This is what we do. We build community. I also feel like since you're from Essex, there's like no Arabic people in Essex. 
<laughs> well, we have this running joke that I, it's not funny, but whenever she comes to Essex, we're like, did you check in at City Hall? Yeah. Did you let them yeah, know, know the, the only Arabic person yeah. just stepped in the county? <laughs> <laughs> we have to be careful. Yes, we do. Your levels, we're laughing too loud now. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's me. I that's won't me. Um, okay, so we are going to talk about your upbringing because, yes, yeah. you're Arabic, your parents are Muslim. Yes. Do you tell people that you're Muslim? Or are, do you consider yourself Muslim? I say that my family's Muslim. Yeah. But I wouldn't consider myself like a practicing Muslim. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. I don't really do any Muslim things. Yeah. 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 But Back you know when you. like. I used to fast. Yeah. Yeah. I used to. Yeah. Oh my God. If any Muslims are listening, please do not judge me. <laughs> well, it's okay. This is what we're going to talk about specifically. So you weren't born in Windsor, Essex. No. Where I was born? born in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Where there's like no Arabic I was people say, again, giddy up. <laughs> and yeah, giddy up. And I moved here when I was ten, mm-hmm. and was fascinated that there were so many other people like me <laughs> here. Yeah. I was like, wow, like there isn't just you know white people. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want people to get offended. Story. No, this is your story, your truth, babe. <laughs> I was like, wow, there are other like people from like all over the world here you know people just like me like I remember I would tell people my name and they're like you had a nickname like (laughs) something easier like I remember being in grade school growing up in the states and people like my teachers like it was like eight months in the school year and they were like I like they still can't they could they still can say my name no they would say they would like totally butcher it yeah yeah. and I come here and everyone's like oh yeah just another just another another name just another Arab girl from some (laughs) other part of the world you ain't special yeah well (laughs) That's okay. That is, that is, you're, you're very special. So, um, you, your parents though are quite progressive though. Like they're not very, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you don't drink or any, well, well, let's, (laughs) if they are, if my parents are listening, I don't drink. I don't even know what that is. Actually, No. Your house though is so welcoming. Yeah. Your parents are the best. Your mother is just, I always just like think like, I'm just very lucky to have the parents that I have. Like, I mean, even just saying, like, my fiancé, Garrett, is not Muslim. Yeah. Like, he is white. His the family is white. <laughs> he has a half-sleeve, like, tattoo. And I remember, <laughs> like, telling my dad beforehand, like, when Garrett first came, I'm like, by the way, like, this guy has, a, like, a half-sleeve. Like, yeah. do not be alarmed. He has tattoos, but we promise he's not going to help. Yeah, yeah. But they love Garrett, like, to death. Yeah. They are very excited mm-hmm. that he's going to be, like, their son-in-law. Yeah. My parents, they adore him. Yeah, yeah. Your parents are wonderful people. And yeah, I would say, yes, you're very lucky. So let's talk about the fact that you are engaged to a white boy. Yay! (laughs) My favorite. (laughs) Okay, well, we have this running joke. So there was a time when Nusayma and I were single at the same time, which is, I feel like it's rare a lot of the time when you and your friends can be single at the same time. But for like a year, six-ish months or whatever, yeah, we were both single. So before you met Garrett, um, we had this joke that like Nuseba's type is average white men. Like she loves the most, <laughs> but like average, as long as they're like. Oh, if an Arab boy even came near me, I'd be like, oh, t- turn around. <laughs> I know. Go, go away. She's not into. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah exactly. It's so interesting. So, I mean, I don't want to say why do you think that is, but what, what I, and I, you know, we love Garrett. It's like you like Garrett because Garrett's fucking wonderful. (laughs) Garrett, I mean, if you know Garrett, you know he is like the sweetest. He's just very calm, which I feel like balances me out because I'm not calm. (laughs) I'm very much loud. Like, you know what I mean? And like I said, if you know Garrett, he's very quiet, Mm -hmm. calm. Like, I feel like if I'm stressed out about something, 
his calmness like calms me down yeah. in a way. Yeah. But yeah, he's great. He's, he's great. And you guys are engaged. We are engaged. Got engaged. We have our wedding date. Can yes. I say that? Yeah, <laughs> it's your wedding. You want to talk about it? Yeah, May 18, 2024. Yes. I will be a married woman. <laughs> okay, so what are you guys planning on doing for the wedding in terms of well, traditions and whatnot? So if you go to like a Muslim wedding, for example, they typically don't do like walking down the aisle type yeah. thing, you know, saying I do. But we are going to be doing that. Yeah. And my dad even says, he's like, I'm walking you down that aisle. <laughs> so Baba, we love Baba. We love Baba. It's so funny because like, I don't know if you've been to like an Arabic wedding before, but there's a lot of like Arabic drums, yeah. Arabic music. And my dad is very much like, oh, I'm I'm bringing that to our wedding. Yeah. Like we need to have like our Arabic Palestinian culture yeah. at this wedding. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah. Like, everyone get ready to dance to some Arabic music at this <laughs> wedding. Like, it's going to be super fun. Everybody prepare. Okay. Prepare, yeah. All right, well, I'm prepared. I'm ready. And I'm so, 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 so happy. And I, I honestly yeah. could have, when you and Gary got together, I could have guessed that you guys would be the first of all of us. I could have yeah. guessed that you guys would get engaged, honestly. Yeah. Just at and the very beginning. It's funny because we actually met at a Blackburn event. Yeah. So. This I place like, is responsible for everything. Yeah. Does everybody know? Me and everything. Tori met through Blackburn. Me yeah. and Garrett met through Blackburn. Mm -hmm. I feel this, like you met Jenna through Blackburn, technically. Devin. Yeah. 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 Technically. Your worked here, too. So, that's how we all kind of. Too. Well, too. everyone has some sort of connection to Blackburn. Yeah. So I feel like if I never worked here, I feel like my life would be very different. It was it was the best job ever. Very different. I have it a really great job is. now, but that job was, we were summer patrol, yeah. we got to go to events and just like rep the and radio station. And just hang out, yeah. People loved us and we had such a good team at the time. We yeah. were so good. It was the best team ever, it for sure. It was the best. So, well, I'm excited for you to uh, come back and do a full episode. We'll yeah. talk about more of all of this fun stuff, but thank you very much. Yeah. I love you. I love, love you. you so much. I'm so Aww. happy. I'm so glad you've been I down. You. I've been I've been bugging her like mentioning here and there that like you should come on the podcast since it started. Yeah, so, so cute. I'm glad we fight. Well, we got it. Yeah, we did it. We're done. Woo! Yay, new Saber! Woo! I hope that wasn't awkward. Do you want to go next? Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, <laughs> Look at her ring. You did so good. <laughs> we won't look at your nails. Okay, you guys can come back on and talk about it another time. Shut up, would you? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Bianca. Yes. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You're the only person in this room who I have not met until today. We met via Instagram yes, from your episode with Shannon. That was yes. phenomenal. Thank you so much. And Thank here you. I am. And that was the last episode, too. That was episode 20 before I went on my little hiatus. So. Well, Yes. Thank you that you're back. Oh, stop. You're too sweet. Okay. So, yes, our first time meeting. Welcome. Um, I am very excited, actually, for our future full-length episode because I would love to pick your brain. So why don't you tell us what your, I don't say label, but what, what your... Sure. So, um, like, by education, I'm a child and youth care practitioner, and I have a Bachelor of Psychology. But I was actually grandfathered into the Ontario College of Social Work and Social Service Workers to get my registration. So I'm essentially a therapist. Yeah. I specialize in trauma, mm -hmm. complex trauma, developmental trauma, childhood trauma, and single incident trauma. I teach psychology at St. Clair College, <laughs> and I'm also the educator for the not-for-profit Evolve. So super busy. Yeah. Um, I started my practice a year ago, a private practice. I'm waitlisted up to a year right now. It's wow. phenomenal. I mean, everybody deserves support, right? Yeah. So it's been really successful, um, really interesting. And I think the best thing about my job is teaching people that they're not broken. And you know, I wrote in my interview, I don't believe in the pathogenic approach to mental health. I don't believe in society's way that we portray mental health. And I just actually flew in from Arizona. I spent <laughs> the last week at Arizona Trauma Institute. I trained with their faculty and the CEO, who's like the leader in trauma-informed care. And he gave me language to what I always believed in, mm -hmm. um, that people are not disordered, people are not sick, 
People will respond to their environment based on their past experiences. And everything from in utero and our mom's bellies up until now has shaped the way that we see the world, we see ourselves, and the way that we view other people in relationships. So I think people deserve to know that. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't take a mental health diagnosis to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 God damn. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You are so professional, but like so approachable at the same oh, time, which thank I, I think you. that's exactly what you want out of a therapist, right? Honestly, I'm very authentically myself in my practice. And I always went back and forth to, am I not professional enough? Because I always tell people I'm human first. Yes, yeah. I'm a professional, but I'm human first. And you know your journey better than I do. Yeah. I have some skills and some tools, but this is your life and this is your journey. And I practice very um, strong feedback informed therapy. So once every three sessions, I check in on my client. Am I meeting your needs? What can I do better? And I tell them that in the initial session that this is your journey and you deserve support. And I'm really proud of you for coming in. A lot of people go to therapy or psychotherapy for their deficits. Long story short, I actually don't have a master's degree, which is super unheard of in the mental health world. I took a very untraditional route to get to where I am. And I don't regret a second of it because I don't necessarily align with traditional schooling either. I won't say I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I have a very different view of the medical world and the mental health world and the education world. I've worked in education. Like my past jobs I've worked in, I started in residential and I actually just worked for a group home for Girls in Care of Our Children's Aid Society. That's what sparked my trauma-informed care love because we got these girls, their histories were horrific. I could not even put into words to you what these girls have endured. Mm -hmm. And we saw some behaviors that came from it. And a lot of their labels were like oppositional defiant disorder, personality disorders, et cetera. The reason for their behavior was their diagnosis. And then we kind Uh. of got our feet wet in trauma-informed care at Children's Aid Society, and it blew my mind. And we learned how the brain developed, how the nervous system developed, why people respond in the way that they do. And then I found this course online. It was Certified Clinical Trauma Specialist from Arizona Trauma Institute. I was so excited. I like like, clap when I do my trainings. (laughs) I was like, this is crazy. And I went and I messaged the CEO of Arizona Trauma Institute five years ago. And I said, why isn't this in post-secondary? I went to school for six years. My friends did their master's. Nobody knows about the ACE score, which is the adverse childhood experience, if you're familiar with that. It's all about trauma and how, you know, trauma impacts the way that we develop, our brain develops, right? When we have significant adversity and trauma in our childhoods, our prefrontal cortex does not work the way that it should. So planning, organization, executive functioning is all compromised. And we have a very overactive amygdala, which is our threat center. So people have gone through toxic stress, adversity, and trauma. And when I say that word, Trauma is not this big, bad event. It absolutely is. Okay. So we, and Shannon's talked about this, right? Yeah, she did talk about this for sure. And that was actually something that her and I, sorry, I know that this is a little off what you're saying. That was a lot of really good information. That was very, I know. I'm very, very, I talk very fast. I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate. You should be. If this is something, especially when you're trying to like better society as a whole, right? That you, you should be informed, but you should also be able to to talk about this in Absolutely. a very succinct way. But something that Shannon and I talked about was this uh, new trend of like, I don't want to say trend, but it is like the TikTok diagnoses and the like, the, the fact that there's this increased awareness of like mental illness and disorders and stuff and how I, again, I'm, I'm very much on the outside of this, but it feels like it's pushing people backwards more than it's pushing people forward sometimes. So I'm going to be pretty neutral about this. And do I believe that there is 
professionals out there that can be condescending or, you know, professionals are human. We're humans. Yeah. People make mistakes, right? Doctors, lawyers, nurses, we're, we're human. Yeah. We will make mistakes, right? So do I believe that every therapist or psychologist or psychiatrist has amazing bedside manner with trauma-informed care skills? Not necessarily. So do I believe that people have been perhaps, um, you know, not given the treatment that they deserve or the answers that they deserve? I do. But I also do believe that the access to this information as well, I find that Gen Z, I'm not really sure how to frame this, but I can see a little bit of trends of of kids wanting to be um, recognized as being mentally ill. To say um, to a certain... And, but to be honest, there is a lot of mental health out there. They're also very open and they know like they're changing the ways and they're some of the most... I worked with Gen Z's, right? So I worked in group homes for girls, but I've also worked with um, youth justice. So kids that have been involved with the law mm-hmm. or have been court sentenced to do um, extrajudical sanctions or measures. So that's where like I left my heart and my executive director there, Joanna Conrad, she's phenomenal. But that's what kind of propelled me forward to open up my own private practice because I started counseling there. We called it programming, but I would have this amazing meeting with this kid with these you know, charges and then I'd meet them in person. Mm-hmm. And I hear from, a little bit from the detective. I hear from obviously their court case or their police referral. Then I meet them in person. I'm like, you're nothing like what your behavior showed. You are a normal human. You've yeah. been through some shit. And I started building rapport with these kids. Yeah. So I went to my executive director and I was like, and we had specific counseling. We had anger management or if they sexually abused um, somebody or they sexually assaulted somebody, they would have specific counseling at a regional children's center or they went to anger management. But we didn't have general wellness referrals really. So I called it programming. Uh, based on the risk assessment, we came up with mutual goals and the kids really responded to me. And fun fact, two of my kids from two years ago are still my clients in my private practice. Uh, mm-hmm. They've come with me along the way. <laughs> you know, their growth has been substantial. Yeah, you're um, part of their journey. Right? Yeah, and I needed, and I always try and tell myself, like, I need to be the adult that I needed because I was a hot mess, hot mess, <laughs> grade school, high school. Everyone's going to have their opinions, right? Sure, sure. And people are going to hold on to the opinion that fits their reality best. So if they haven't gone through their own journey, it's going to be really hard for them to see that people have the potential to grow and completely change and I will say that I'm a completely different person than I was when I was working in the bars and using alcohol <laughs> using drugs sure, right sure I, I've come a long way but I've also worked very hard to get here yeah, and well, I, have, I mean has that also propelled you into making this part like what you want to do 110 percent. and you know what we could talk about that forever and we will yes. <laughs> you're gonna come back and I'm gonna pick your brain and we're gonna do this but the same thing that happened with Shannon we could talk about this forever I know, and I, I know, know that all of the terminology and stuff it's fascinating to me I, I always listen back to that podcast with Shannon and be like wow I actually the ninth time hearing it I'm like I'm learning something yes like, and I love that so Thank you so much. <laughs> we do have to make sure that we're good for time. But no, 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 you did great. You did great. And this was the perfect amount of information. But I mean, what you do, though, has got so many like subcategories and subtopics it and does. stuff like that. So I'd love so, to come back and like just talk about like the 100%. myth of normal. If anyone's looking for a good book, Gabor, he's like an addiction specialist. He just wrote the myth of normal, you guys. Are you are you in the mental health field? I'm a social worker. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, but Gabor is absolutely amazing. Eh? Mm-hmm. I love him. All right. She is very, very kind. Oh my gosh. I don't know how we're doing better for time than I thought we would. So Jenna, you might be able to hop on here. Okay, sorry. I just had to reenact my night. <laughs> Jenna, I have nothing for you because I didn't think that we That's were gonna fine. I didn't think that we were gonna record we were gonna be able to record you because we have so many people who haven't been on the podcast. I didn't fill out the sheet properly anyway. What did you put again? I don't even <laughs> I don't even you filled out the form like a dummy. <laughs> You're like, I need you to see if it works. So yeah. I did. I appreciate that. I really honestly I am so 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 grateful for everybody 
Yeah, so you were on the podcast once. I was. Funny story. Um, the studio in here was being used because we were recording <laughs> that studio over there. And we didn't know what to do. This studio was being used too. So we went and recorded in a tiny little VT booth yeah. where we literally sat like, knee, knee to knee, knee. With, <laughs> and just like talked to each other with microphones. And it was honestly, it was a good episode though. Yeah, it's like we were just chilling in a car or something. I know. Just Imagine just I invited anybody else, like a stranger, like Bianca. Come on in. We're just going to touch knees and <laughs> we're sit on each other's lap. Practically. <laughs> Practically. Okay, so you know what has changed since the last time we talked? Um, yeah. You and your baby daddy broke up. <laughs> we were like in the midst of that when we recorded anyway. Yes. Can we, um, can we, <laughs> the reason you guys broke up, can we talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to. No, we can. We, we can. certainly don't have no, to. We so. can. Okay. I don't want to insert myself into anybody's relationship. <laughs> but Jenna got the great idea that maybe me and my boyfriend who... I don't even really like that. Not you. You don't really like yeah. it all that much. Maybe we should try being in an open relationship. Yeah. I was just tired of being miserable. But like Mackenzie talked about, it's easy being familiar with somebody because yes. we had our own place. We have a kid. We had our dog. Like instead of just leaving because I would be screwed. And now I live back at my mom's and I share a bedroom with my son. <laughs> it's a fun time because <laughs> eventually everything is, you know. So I, w- <laughs> it's okay. so I was just like, I don't want to be miserable anymore. Like maybe we should try this and then he can maybe not be as miserable and, and whatever. Maybe it'll, yeah. And sure. uh, it, it, <laughs> it went great. As in you guys are not <laughs> Right? Yeah, you know what? It ha- definitely helped us finally end things. And you know what? We're great friends now. Yeah. He's you like my little bestie. Well. I tell him everything. And he's like, Jen, I literally do not care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like- yeah. Okay. So um, the thing about, again, I've never been in an open relationship or anything like that. But I, I remember reading a book on like polyamory yeah. once. I was yeah. just very interested in what exactly it meant. And from what I understand of it, it's not something to ever do as a last ditch if things are going bad, right. let's see if this will fix it. It's like a, it's about abundance and like that kind of right. thing. So I remember when you told me like, yeah, we're going to try this. I was like, I give it like a month. <laughs> yeah. See, my hope was just like, maybe like I, I knew that it, it might not have worked and whatever, but I was like, you know what? Let's at least try it. Yeah. Cause then at least maybe we'll both be happier. Mm-hmm. That is not what happened. <laughs> Do you want to talk about what happened or? Um, this man was happier. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah. See, the, th- the thing is, we okay. The, the thing to note here, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna summarize it really quick because we don't want to go on the podcast and actively talk shit about one person. That's right. But I asked. It's, it's on me. No, it's fine. So to to summarize it in a in a clean way, in a nice way, he wanted to do this because he wanted to be with one specific person. Yes. And then they are still together now. They are still so, together. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, she is. It's not that me and her are best friends. We get along. She's very respectful of like my child because she has two kids so she's very respectful of like hey i took a picture of him like can i post it can i do this with him like she knows and has set boundaries like i am not his mom you are his mom Mm -hmm. and it's it's nice now like we're at a place where it's good but last year was an absolute fucking shit show it's a tough situation (laughs) it's really really tough and that's why it's i I mean especially when there's so many facets to it. Like you guys were together for five, long and then you were kind of not yeah. yet together and then you got the house and then you did this. Yeah. So like, there was a lot of elements to it where again, it was like, and, and not to say that like anybody was preying on your downfall or something like that, but it was but like, nobody liked him. Work. Nobody yeah. liked him anyways. He just, it's you know, fine. But that's okay. It was um, the thing that pushed but yeah, you guys you know into what? what you have now. It worked out for the best because I'm starting a new career soon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm living at my mom's, but you know what? Like I'm probably the happiest I've been in a long time. 
I'm in a good place mentally. Me and him get along, which is nice because when we were together, it was just arguing and like hate and everything. And it was, yeah, and you were living together, and that's yeah. so hard. Yeah, yeah. So like we, yeah, we get along now. But yeah, everything's kind of working out, and. I'm still hopelessly single, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Please yeah. Um, okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I was like, what, what has changed since the last time you were here, which was like August, I want to say August, September. Or something. Yeah, August. And um, that's the that, that was the big thing that happened over that time was that, yeah, you guys broke up. The reason is just an, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> right. Thanks, weirdo. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Anna. All right. That's our last one, y'all. I honestly thought that I was going to be like, like I thought I thought I was going to be telling y'all to shut up. <laughs> Wrap it up, y'all. We got to go. It's fine. It's okay. All right. We ready? Hi, Anna. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Um, okay, you were our final here. Hey, our final guest. Woo-hoo. Wrapping it up. I'm so excited. So, okay, I'm going to get a little sentimental really quick. There's a chance I will cry. Okay. Because I'm a crier. I love you. You know that I love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have always felt like you and I have this, like, connection. <laughs> like, I just feel like you're one of those people who's, like, very insightful, very cool, but you're also very caring. Um so yeah, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Anyway, I feel like recently you and I bonded. And you know what? This is It all ties together. Everything kind of comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Because two months ago, I started going through some stuff that was pretty heavy. And then within the past two months, I've seen you a couple times. And the best part of the night, whatever it is that we're doing, is always just like us sitting around talking shit oh and like bonding. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like women. Like it's like there's, this is I why we need women. female friends. Like you feel it when yeah. I, I feel like that. So um I feel like you and I kind of also have a little bit of a parallel relationshipy kind of situation, mm-hmm. not at the same time, but um, what we have talked about, and we could talk about this for hours, which I think we oh, should yeah. sometime, but we always <laughs> do. But um, first of all, I don't know if this is the right way to say this, but you were in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. and it's been a long process of getting out of it per se, but mm-hmm. congratulations. Oh my gosh, thank is you. Is that the right thing to say? Congratulations right? on your breakup, yeah. <laughs> in this right? case, yeah, definitely congratulations. congratulations. I think it's good. So since we want to keep this brief, my question here, it okay, mm-hmm. it's a little bit loaded here, but okay. something that kind of bothers me, and I feel like we talked about this, is um, when you like go through these situations relationship-wise or just like heavy shit, I feel like everybody's like, well, what was the lesson? At least you learned something. But it's also like you want to be like, well, you shouldn't fucking have to go through this stuff. I could have learned a different lesson in another way or like whatever. So sometimes the lesson is that life is just fucking cruel. And what I'm going to ask you, though, unfortunately, is after this this abusive relationship and you Mm -hmm. can give a little kind of summary of of whatever you would like to. Mm -hmm. But what was the biggest takeaway from it? And and I kind of mean, like, what would you tell yourself (laughs) prior to this happening? It's fine. (laughs) But. I think about this with me all the time. Mm-hmm. If I could go back to like before something had happened and I could like give myself the advice that I now know because mm-hmm. I have gone through oh it, what gosh. would that sound like, you know? You know what? I I was thinking about this too earlier. Like what is like something, you know how people always say everything happens for a reason. Like you should be grateful that you went through this, this what because I mean. yeah. look at where you are now. And you know what? I'm definitely... I'm not grateful that it happened because I also am on the side that like I should not have had to gone through what I did. 2022 was the worst year of my life. Mm -hmm. Like I can't there's no arguing that it was just the worst year of my life. And I think if anything, I would give myself the advice. Don't let another man or woman or anybody or relationship consume you. 
it's really hard to say that because when you end up in an abusive relationship, there's that cycle, there's the toxicity and everyone says, well, why don't you just leave? Like, I wish it was as simple as just leaving, but you form these attachments because we both came from very traumatic um, upbringings and very similar, I guess, in a sense, but also very different in the sense that we coped on different ends of the spectrum. Um, I was more anxiously attached. He was more avoidant. And so it was a very toxic cycle it was like a dance basically like a tango of like it was a lot and it was all consuming and Mm -hmm. it was I didn't know a world outside of that relationship I didn't know what life was like I stopped eating I stopped seeing friends I stopped reaching out to family Mm -hmm. and like you don't even notice when you're in it just how bad things are until you get out and it's like wow, I can feel peace again. Yeah. Like, I can go to bed and not feel anxious anymore. Exactly what I was saying about to be able to, like, be the dictator of your own day and, like, your own mood. Oh, my gosh. The situation that I was in, which I I honestly am not super ready to get into yet, but... Every day you didn't know what it was going to be like. It could oh be gosh, the, these yeah. absolute highs and the highs were so high and it was all this adrenaline all the time or you're anxious because it could be so low and it was mm-hmm. purely dependent on somebody else and their decisions. And then you don't realize how much like you were just waiting for the shoe to drop all the time. And like exactly. And, and it makes you sound when you've done it, you know, but like if you haven't, then it's like this is pathetic. Like mm-hmm. and it feels pathetic when you're in it, yeah. when you're out of it. And that's what that was the thing. And that's what's been kind of the struggle is like. The shame of being like, I was in this. Yeah. I did this. I let this man dictate my life <laughs> yes. for a year this and man. a half. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Right and it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. And it's just so it's so interesting. And again, we could talk about this at nauseum. So oh my gosh, the biggest yeah. takeaway is, is oh, sorry, you, you said it. <laughs> Basically, um, to summarize it, put yourself first. Yeah. I kept trying to stay because I said, you know, I thought if I just said the right thing, if I did the right thing, if I found the right article or I sent him the right Instagram Mm -hmm. post that maybe he would realize that he should, you know, speak to me nicer or not (laughs) call me names. Like, what am I doing? Like when you're at the point when you're in your notes app, writing out what you're going to say to him Mm -hmm. and editing it to make sure that none of it will like jump out at him and make him attack you on that instead of what you're actually coming to him about, like too much. So like. I feel like if I could go back and catch myself in all those moments where it was just so almost degrading. And like, I think that's where like that pathetic feeling comes from, because it's like you stoop to this level of like begging someone to treat you with human decency bare minimum not like even please bare don't minimum. call me names like you'd be at 9 a.m like can we please have a good day today yeah <laughs> or like two days before christmas like please don't fuck up christmas for me this is my favorite holiday and then yeah. he fucks it up and you're like well what yeah like why did i expect it to go different yeah. like look at the past five months the yeah. track record so it's and it's really hard too when they're like this otherwise charismatic oh or like fucking friendly, God. approachable it's man. Motherfuckers. I'm sorry. And it's always his family's like, oh, we love this guy. Don't blah, trust blah, them. Blah, but they don't. Nobody knows. Don't trust charism- a charismatic person man. who's. <laughs> nobody knows a person more, I think, than their partner. I truly believe that because you see them from every single side. I saw every single side of that man. Yeah. Did not want to see them. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was all. too much. It was way too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, because now I'm in therapy. Woo! I was in therapy anyway. But now yeah. I just have more to unpack. So yeah. that's great. But yeah. I think if anything, if there's anything to be grateful for, it's the fact that that relationship was the catalyst for me finding myself. And like, yeah. I don't mean finding myself in the sense of like, I'm rediscovering myself. Yeah. It's more like 
coming home on that journey back to me like yeah. I need to find me again mm-hmm. and it's like you know when people talk about when someone's like in the dumps like with their boyfriend or girlfriend and someone's like you were okay before them mm-hmm. and you'll be okay after them and I keep reminding myself that yeah. and now that I'm in a healthy emotionally intelligent relationship <laughs> it's you you really see the difference between like she'll do something or say something and I'm like oh my gosh that is like the cutest thing ever and then I tell my best friend and she's like that's really cute but also on a like that is still like the bare minimum like I'm very happy for you I'm so glad you're happy but like this is what you should have been getting all along (laughs) and I'm like what yes yes this was out there yes yeah that's crazy Mm -hmm. so that's what I mean about like don't let a relationship consume you because yeah. you don't see a world outside of it yeah. you stay in it because it's like well it's fucked up but like it's mine he's made me believe in some way that yeah. like i deserve it yeah gaslighting I, manipulation yeah. love bombing I, all well, of now that. i've realized that like situations that are all consuming like that that's a major fucking red flag and it's like Mm -hmm. honestly the truth was i was avoiding stuff and uh i didn't want to face some stuff so i threw myself into something that would then dictate exactly because that's where i was at but that was a me thing and now it's it's very interesting and i've really started to try to pay attention to and like i don't want to say remember but like unpack some of the fact that like a lot of the relationships that i've had around me and i'm i I don't know if it's like our parents generation or what exactly it is but there's this idea that like i can make all these sacrifices as long as i can stay in this relationship and it's a lot of women i earnestly thought that i could love someone enough to make them oh my gosh not be shitty you know what? And that was modeled <laughs> for me. And I love my parents to death. I do. But seeing their relationship growing up and then looking at my relationship with my ex, it was very much that same push and pull dynamic that I had with my parents. It's just like, please, like, show me you love me in these ways. And then it'll be like, OK, and then they'll do it for a week and then it's back to normal. Yeah. So it's constantly like begging for more attention, begging for more love, begging yeah. for more affection. It's like you shouldn't have to do that. If somebody cares about you in the way that they say they do. Yeah they'll do those things because they want you to be happy. And if That's if it. they see that your their actions are impacting you and they care about you and they respect you, they're going to stop. It shouldn't have to ever be a fight of, yeah. well, this hurts my feelings. Like, why can't you stop? Well, I don't have to stop. That's your problem. Your yeah. feelings are hurt. Like, yeah. I think we've all kind of been there in a way with like yeah. just any kind of relationship, not mm-hmm. even romantic, but just people trying to downplay your reactions mm-hmm. to their shitty things and you know what like it also makes you realize too like after coming out of it like my own part that i played in the mm-hmm. relationship like yes you i will say that it was abusive but like yeah i'm gonna take accountability i had my own shit yeah. that i didn't need to put on him either i sure. wasn't all yeah i wasn't like an angel i know that <laughs> um but it created it's still, a certain kind of relationship exactly. and you were part of it I exactly get that. i it get that creates a dynamic mm-hmm. and it makes you grow in so many ways coming out of it mm-hmm. and being in that healthy relationship and feeling those moments where the toxic wants to come out and it's like whoop no yeah. put it back in but even being able we're to in stop safe place now yeah, yeah being able to stop and wrangle it back in that's growth because how many it's people really just hard. don't change the shit and they just go from relationship to relationship oh my gosh getting worse and worse and worse and worse honestly relationship that's how you end up like with the these worst people. breed yeah. like like just jumping from relationship to relationship. They never unpack their shit. That was me, though, They for a say long they're going time. to therapy, but they go to therapy and they don't, like, actually open up to the therapist. So, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, no. I, I think that there's also, like, mm, we could talk about this forever and we're going to oh cut it gosh. after this. But <laughs> there's something to be said about charismatic men and also men who claim that they are emotionally intelligent. If they are outright saying that they're emotionally intelligent, they're using it as a manipulation tactic. Mm-hmm. I have learned that you out here dating, right? Yeah. Not you guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's, it's there's just something about like you pick up on people who are like like whenever a man talks about attachment style. Ugh. And you know what? If somebody yeah. says they're emotionally who intelligent, you they can say it till they're blue in the face, but yeah. it'll show through their actions. Yeah. It'll show through how they treat you, how they respond to you. If you say, hey, you said something five hours ago that made me upset, it shouldn't be like, oh my God, well, you're so sensitive. Why can't you yeah. take a joke? Like, no, come no. on. No. Like, yeah. would you say that to like your best friend? Yeah, or your like, would you say it to your mom? Would you say it to your mom? I don't think so. You know what? This one probably would. So oh. I. <laughs> Fuck that man. Fuck that man. Fuck them all. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zach is great. Garrett's great. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only exceptions in this rule. And Jeff Goldblum. But women it. are great too. That's women, women are great. Women, women are, great. are great. I'm not saying fuck relationships. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I'm just saying I really, really fucking appreciate you guys. Seriously. Thank you so, 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 so much. I really do appreciate it. And honestly, this is incredibly full circle. I love you guys very much. Thank you for coming. And um that's it. Thank you for listening. I'm happy to be back. I hope you enjoyed all those wonderful ladies. Again, they will be back for full-length episodes, so stay tuned to that. I will see you, I promise, in two weeks for episode 22. Everything's fucked, but I'm fine. That's what I tell myself. I guess I'm a really good guy. Cause no one asks if I need help. Got a tank full of fire. I'm driving myself straight to hell. Should I slash my tires? Or should I turn around? I'm going, 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 going nowhere. Is there anybody out there? Who is sick of fear by their emotions? I'm so done with being broken. I don't wanna be. I don't wanna be comfortable. I don't wanna be. I don't wanna be comfortable this way. I don't wanna be comfortable. I don't wanna be. In pain, in pain, in pain, in pain. I don't wanna be comfortable. I don't wanna. I don't wanna get too comfortable. Comfortable. Finally hit rock bottom. Guess I gotta start digging deep and stop searching for attention and conditional affection. Cause it.